Thanks for listening to this sermon recording from Liberty Family Church in Hillsville, Victoria, Australia. All of our sermons are available for free online, and we encourage you to subscribe to our sermon podcast through iTunes or by clicking the button on our website. If you'd like to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, or would like more information about our church, head to www.libertyfamilychurch.net.au. God bless you, and we pray that this sermon recording encourages you and strengthens your faith in Jesus Christ. Thanks so much for that intro, guys. Hey, I wanted to start today by reading a story from one of my favorite storybooks. They're all true in this book because it's actually a Bible, but it's a special Bible for kids, and it's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. Maybe you've got one of these at home. I want to read you a story today, and it's called, in the Jesus Storybook Bible, The Singer. Let's read it together. Wherever Jesus went, lots of people went too. They loved being near him. Old people, young people, all kinds of people came to see Jesus. Sick people, well people, happy people, sad people, and worried people. Lots of them worrying about lots of things. What if we don't have enough food or clothes? Or suppose we run out of money? What if there isn't enough and everything goes wrong and we won't be all right? What then? When Jesus saw all the people, his heart was filled with love for them. They were like a little flock of sheep that didn't have a shepherd to take care of them. So Jesus sat them all down and he talked to them. The people sat quietly on the grassy mountainside and listened. From where they sat, They could see the blue lake glittering below them and little fishing boats coming in from a night's catch. The spring air was fresh and clear. See those birds over there? Jesus said. Everyone looked. Little sparrows were pecking at seeds along the stony path. Where do they get their food? Perhaps they have pantries all stocked up. Cabinets full of food? Everyone laughed. Who's ever seen a bird with a bag of groceries? No, Jesus said. They don't need to worry about that because God knows what they need and he feeds them. And what about these wildflowers? Everyone looked. All around them flowers were growing, anemones, daisies, pure white lilies. Where do they get their lovely clothes? Do they make them? Or do they go to work every day so they can buy them? Do they have closets full of clothes? Everyone laughed again. Who's ever seen a flower putting on a dress? No, Jesus said. They don't need to worry about that because God clothes them in royal robes of splendor. Not even a king Is that well-dressed? They had never met a king, but as they gazed out over the lake, glittering and sparkling below them, the hillsides dressed in reds, 
purples and golds. They felt a great burden lift from their hearts. They could not imagine anything more beautiful. Little flock, Jesus said, you are more important than birds, more important than flowers. The birds and the flowers don't sit and worry about things and God doesn't want his children to worry either. God loves to look after the birds and the flowers and he loves to look after you too. Jesus knew that God would always love and watch over the world he had made, everything in it, birds, flowers, trees, animals, everything, and most of all, his children. Even though people had forgotten, the birds and the flowers hadn't forgotten, they still knew their song. It was the song all of God's creation had sung to him from the very beginning. It was the song people's hearts were made to sing. God made us. He loves us. He is very pleased with us. It was why Jesus had come into the world, to sing them that wonderful song, to sing it not only with his voice, but with his whole life, so that God's children could remember it and join in and sing it too. Do you know what that story was about, kids? Any ideas? That's right, worry. That's what that story was about. We can all feel worried sometimes, can't we? Did you catch the really good news that Jesus shared, though, when it comes to worry? Jesus said, what did he say? We don't need to worry about anything, anything at all. Why not? Well, Jesus says that we don't need to worry about anything because we have a Father in heaven. We have God who cares about us, who loves us, and will provide for everything we need. Everything. We can be sure of that. That is really great news, don't you think? I want all of us to remember this, but kids, I want you to remember this today. God looks out for all of us and will provide for our every need. Remember that. Let's celebrate that today. That is really good news. The story that I've just read this morning is a paraphrase of Jesus' teaching from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6 and verses 25 to 34. And when we read this passage in full in Scripture, we notice that Jesus commands us not to worry, not once, but twice. And if you saw our service last week, you would have remembered Ed Stetzer when he shared his fantastic message. He said this, he said, when Jesus says something once, we should give it our full and undivided attention. And when Jesus said something twice, we should, it should be something that defines our very life. And this is so true when it comes to anxiety and not being worried. So when Jesus says, do not worry or do not be anxious and instead have faith, 
in his Father and have faith that his Father will provide for our every need, we need to stop, we need to listen, and we need to allow that profound and deep truth to sink within our hearts and to bring us a deep sense of peace and security. Jesus wants us to know, but he doesn't just want us to know on an intellectual level. He wants us to experience this truth personally in our lives. If we go to the very start of this passage in the Bible, in verse 25, we see straight up that word, therefore. Let's go there now. Here's what Jesus says, Matthew 6.25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. That word, therefore, is great, isn't it? In other words, what Jesus is saying is, in light of everything I've said, in light of all that I've just said before, do not be anxious. So what was it? What was it that Jesus said before? What was the all this that he was referencing before? Let's find out by reading Matthew chapter 6 and verses 19 all the way through 34. Here's what Jesus says. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, Do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. 
Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Do you notice the link between these two passages of Scripture? Maybe in your Bible, they've got a couple of different titles. In mine, for instance, they say, lay up treasures in heaven is one, and then do not be anxious. But do you see the link between the two? You know, modern translations, modern Bible translations like to put things into separate sections in order for readability or often, you know, different topical sections. However, as we know, the original scriptures, there weren't any verses, let alone titles for different sections. It was meant to be read as a continual, continual letter, a continual word from God. And so that's something that many scholars have really highlighted, particularly with this passage. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones being one of them who said that there's no separation between these two that's a continuing thought of Jesus and a continuing teaching of Jesus right here. Think about this for a moment. What is one of the biggest causes of anxiety and worry for us? Money. Money. There's no doubt about it. Money is a great cause of anxiety for most people. If you did a survey in the streets of Hillsville, which are empty at the moment, I know, but imagining they were full, you could guarantee that of all the stresses that people would face, of all the things that would cause them anxiety and worry, money would have to be at least in the top three, you would think. And Jesus knows that this will be the case for people. He knew that it was the case for people back then. He knows it's the case for us today. And so that is why he speaks directly to it, challenging us in verse 24 to recognize this, this truth, verse 24, that no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. I don't know about you, but my tendency can be when I come to this passage is to kind of jump ahead or jump elsewhere in scripture and immediately sort of think on all the passages that talk about the wisdom of storing up for certain seasons or financial stewardship principles, all the things that God very much is for. And God does say that we should really steward our finances well for his glory. And it's easy when we come to passages like even this teaching that Jesus said is to go straight there and kind of think on that. However, if we do that, the problem is we actually miss what Jesus is saying, the heart of what Jesus is getting at for us and encouraging us in through this direct teaching. Jesus is asking us right here. uh, He's he's laying it out. He's putting it simply. He's, He's basically saying and causing us to think about where our allegiances ultimately lie, where our allegiances ultimately lie. 
Jesus is challenging us to honestly evaluate if we're living for and serving and worshipping and enjoying his Father or if we're worshipping and living for and serving money. That's what Jesus is saying. Or to put it another way, Jesus is saying this. Is God, is our wonderful God, our God, or has money become an idol? You know, the Greek word translated serve in verse 25 is key here. The word actually points to the work of a slave or also an apprentice. No, just joking. That's one for all the tradies out there. I was an apprentice once myself. At times I felt like a slave, but that's not the case. Basically, the word serve here points to the work of a slave. And what is the work of the slave? What did slaves do many years ago? Well, the key thing about a slave was that they worked solely for the interests of their master, didn't they? They were devoted. They were sold out. They were ultimately accountable and responsible and invested in meeting whatever it was that their master had asked them to do. They were committed and they were loyal and they were undivided in their devotion to their master. So when Jesus uses this word serve, Jesus is saying that ultimately either we're we're slaves to God or we're slaves to money. We're either slaves to God and we're completely devoted to working for and promoting his kingdom and trusting that he will provide for our every need or we're slaves to money and we are completely devoted to money and we're consumed by getting, keeping and not losing money. According to Jesus, this isn't my thinking here, this is Jesus' words. According to Jesus, there's no middle ground. We're either slaves to God or we're slaves to money. And we only need to look at the verses just prior to see that this is completely true. In verses 19 to 21, Jesus encourages us to to not store up temporary treasures, rather, where, where moths can come in and thieves can steal, but to store up treasures in heaven. And in verses 22 to 23, Jesus describes the eye as being the lamp of our body. Now, this sounds a bit weird to our ears, but to the Jewish hearers of the day, they would have immediately known exactly what Jesus was talking about. The eye in Jewish literature is very similar to the heart and is a lamp in the sense that it reveals the quality of a person's inner life. My ESV study Bible explains that a, that a healthy eye, an eye with real clear vision, with 20-20 vision, 
it represents loyal devotion to God, whereas a bad eye, one with impaired vision, connotes moral corruption. That's, I guess, why Jesus says in verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If our treasure is in temporary riches, temporary riches are going to have our heart. And if our treasure is in God, Jesus is saying, God is going to have our heart. Hearts that are consumed and devoted to pleasing and enjoying God are always secure no matter what. Would you agree with that? Hearts that are consumed with pleasing and enjoying God are always secure, no matter what. Whereas hearts that are consumed with getting, keeping and not losing temporary treasure of money in this life, they're not at all secure and are very likely to be hearts that are plagued with anxiety. And this is why these two sections of Scripture are linked. They're they're well and truly linked. They're not meant to be and they can't be fully understood separately of one another, but they're intrinsically linked. In verse 25, when Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. He's essentially saying, if you're worshipping and serving the right God, If you're worshipping and serving the right God, the one true God, you have no reason to worry. No reason to worry. You know, if we're enjoying God as our greatest treasure and we're following him and trusting him and serving him faithfully in each and every season, we have no reason to be anxious. We can be sure that Jesus will be faithful. Jesus will provide for our every need as his precious children. We can be sure of that. We can place our trust and be fully confident that that will be true for us. And the flip side, the flip side to that is likewise true too. If we're serving and trusting in money and are consumed with this getting, keeping and not losing temporary treasure, we will have many, many reasons to worry. Living for anything other than God will always result in anxiety and insecurity. So true, isn't it? Living for anything other than God, whether it be fame, um, pleasure or money, living for any of those things, anything other than God, will always result in anxiety and insecurity. And I believe that living for something as fleeting and uncertain as money will definitely, as Jesus makes clear here, always result in anxiety. Have you ever experienced this before? You know, I can remember back when I was a uni student Maybe it was even when I was coming out of high school and I was sort of 18 years old and working part-time in a local mechanics and 
and really not having a lot of disposable income. And I remember, I remember wrestling with this very thing as I tried to cover all my needs and also remain faithful to God. And I, and I remember one particular time I felt really, really torn because I had bills to pay. I had situations that needed financial investment. I had things that I needed to buy, not just wanted but needed to buy. And I felt in that moment very tempted to not give my offering, not give my offering to God as I normally would so that I'd be able to provide for my particular needs. And you know what? You know what? God actually gently encouraged me in that moment as I was feeling torn and I was feeling anxiety and feeling the weight of decisions and things that I had to deal with financially. And you know what? In that moment, God really spoke to me clearly and just encouraged me to give with a generous heart, to give with a generous heart. And God actually challenged me to not only give what I'd normally give, but to give above and beyond and to just trust him. And fortunately, I obeyed. I did what he asked me to do. And the result was amazing. Maybe you can remember when you're a uni student or maybe at different times in life when you've been between jobs or something and and you just know, you've checked your wallet, you've looked a million times, there's nothing there but moths and receipts, yeah? You've been there before? Well, I was there at this stage. I knew that I just, I was broke. I had nothing at all and I just didn't know how I was going to deal with all the things I needed to deal with. And so for whatever reason, I was sitting there one day and I just felt God say, have a look at your wallet. And I was like, yeah, I know what's in there, nothing. But anyway, I was faithful in picking up my wallet and, and I just had a look and, and I looked in my wallet and I was absolutely blown away. In my wallet, I found a, a crisp $20 note that I, that I knew wasn't there. It just couldn't have been there. It was, I had no money. My wallet was tucked deep down within my bag. No one could have known where it was to plant any in there. I just knew that God had miraculously provided for my need in that moment and had shown me in a very practical way that he is the God who provides. He is the God who meets our every need and will as we trust in him. You know, God is such a faithful God. God is such a faithful God. He truly does know what we need and he will meet our every need if we trust in him. So the question for all of us to consider afresh today, doesn't matter if we're, we've been walking with Jesus for 50 years or, or we're just new to the faith, this is a question for all of us today, myself included. Which God am I living for right now? Which God am I living for right now? Which God am I trusting in? And ask yourself this, am I living for the one true eternal God who, who loves me and promises to provide for my every single need 
and wants me to enjoy him in this life and in the one to come? Or am I placing my trust in temporary riches, in money that can be taken away in a moment? Or am I even placing my trust in my own ability to meet my own needs and control my very destiny? As we've seen this morning, Jesus makes it clear that we can't sit on the fence with this one. We've got to choose which master we're going to serve in life. And so I want to encourage you, I want to encourage all of us listening and watching this to choose afresh today to serve the greatest master, the only true master, the living God. Let's be slaves to God who store up eternal treasure as we enjoy relationship with him. And let's not be those who are slaves to temporary treasures and all of the problems that come with that. Let's be slaves to God and enjoy peace and enjoy freedom as we trust all of our affairs and all of our needs to the God who truly cares. He knows our needs and he'll make a way. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful, that when we place our trust in you and when we don't try to do life without you, you show time and time again how you provide for us, whether that be in terms of spiritual nourishment, whether that be in terms of relational intimacy or, Lord, like this, whether that be in terms of providing for our physical needs. And so we just pray, God, that you would do a work in our hearts today and in the days and weeks and months ahead. Lord, that we would be slaves to you, God, that we would be undivided, that we would be devoted, that we would be sold out, Lord, that we would be sold out as followers of you trusting completely in your goodness towards us and your ability and promise to meet all our needs. So we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for the truth. And we pray, Lord, that we would base our very lives on your word and enjoy you in life as we follow you in your ways that are always better. We thank you, Jesus, for richly meeting with us today and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been so good being able to connect with you this morning. We just want to say a big, big thanks for connecting with us. But whilst our video content is coming to an end, our service is not over yet. We're about to head off into some Zoom meeting so if you are visiting with us you are more than welcome to join us they're a great opportunity to get to know some other people to pose any questions you might have or just to hang out it, they're fantastic they're going to be starting around 11 o'clock and the links to those will be pinned to the very top of our facebook page 
and are also available if you head to our website www.libertyfamilychurch.net.au forward slash online and you'll see the links there. All you need to do is click through. If you've got Zoom installed, you'll be taken straight there. If you haven't yet, you'll be able to install Zoom and then you'll be able to gather with others. They're going to be fantastic. That's enough from me for today. God bless you. Look after yourself. Love your neighbor. Look for creative ways to share Jesus' love and join with Jesus on mission. And we look forward to seeing you again soon.